Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls. Okay, uh, what is the Wolves' magic number right now to clinch the number one seed in the Western Conference? Are we? Are we? Can we start counting, counting down now? I mean, it's it's a three game lead. I mean, they could lose like three straight games and still probably be in sole possession of first place in the Western Conference. Kyle, uh, I said on Monday that I had a little PTSD during that Hornets game. Yeah, uh, I just want to, you know, because some people care. This is a lifestyle podcast. We're all checking in on one another. Never had that last night. I don't know if that's a sign of growth for me. I don't know if I should be commended, but it was it was close in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was close throughout the whole game. The Spurs, I think, had like an eight-point lead at one point. I never wavered. I never thought they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. I know it would have been embarrassing, but I just want to say, sign of growth for me. 48 minutes, I was like, they're going to win this, and then down Did- the end of the stretch, they just kind of leaned on them like a prize fighter and knocked them out. The most triggered I was last night, and and I, I'm trying to reevaluate my relationship with Twitter and just be in a healthier <laughs> headspace with Twitter. But last night, I've been trying to do less in-game reactionary tweets that could get picked up by the algorithm a day later Appreciate and get dunked you, on. So I'm growing here. But uh, somebody, I can't remember if they tagged you or not, but someone jumped in. Like They're playing like crap in the first half, and they're down by six or whatever it was, down by eight. And someone jumped into it was for sure me and Judd, and I feel like you got tagged too. Watching the Wolves for the first time in a long time. Why should I be impressed? Like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> screw you. Dude, they've they've played 20 games. What do they play? They played 20 games. You couldn't duck in on any of the other 19. Couldn't have ducked in on that Celtics game for five minutes. Or the fourth quarter of the game against the Spurs last night. That's, that's, I'm ducking in for the first time and I'm not impressed. That's okay. Such All right, massive, guy. Uh, that's such massive. My my favorite place of all time is, is going to Maui, and that's where I got married and proposed, and it's my favorite spot. And it is 85 and sunny damn near every day, but there will be, like, one random rainy day, and that guy flew through Hawaii that day. I was like, oh, what's this? I thought it was supposed to be nice here. It's like, Not buddy, impressed. <laughs> it's rained for four hours, and otherwise it's 16 <laughs> and four, my guy, 16 and four. 16 and four. They uh, they currently let's go through some stat porn here. I feel like it's it's never mm. too early in the show to do stat porn. You sent me this one via text. If I'm st- if I'm stomping on your stat porn, no, here, go to work. Go to it. work. Uh, but autom- automatic MBA says forty percent of teams who've started so forty percent of teams who've started sixteen and four or better in the three point era, so nineteen eighty ish, have made the finals. And I'll give you another one. I gave so we kind of we were doing some deep stat diving a few days ago on the show, and then the next day with Judd, I think it was Tuesday's Flagrant Howls. I went deeper on if you are the best defense in the mm-hmm. NBA defensive net rating, how far do you go historically? So this one I just read is if you forget about defense or anything, if you're just 16 and four or better, there's almost a coin flip chance you go to the NBA Finals. If you are the best defense in the NBA the last 30 years, 100% of the time you make the playoffs. So that's not a question. 
68% of the number one defenses make the conference finals and 35% make the NBA finals. So could you say safely here, if they remain the number one defense and given that they've already started 16 and four, that there is a between a 35 and 40% chance based on this data that the Wolves play in the NBA finals? I, I Can we, can we do that? Can we do that deduction? That, the podcast you did with Judd and Declan was great. And I think it was... I'll be I'll be upfront with this. I think it was the turning point that was like, okay, I think the car is moving a little too fast. I just oh, want to slow wow. down and like I'm not I'm not able to see every mile marker and I want to count the mile marker. So I think that I mean that's a great stat, right? Like in the last and if they we're to the point now where if they don't get to the NBA finals, I'm gonna crush them for disappointing. <laughs> I I just <laughs> if they were to finish, I guess if you put it this way, if they were to finish with the best defense at the end of the season. Yeah, then it, then we have to start being like, it's not just can you get out of the first round. I mean, that is still, in my mind, the it doesn't matter if they win 49 games, but if the, you got to get out of that first round of the playoff. That is like the next stink streak to, to end as mm-hmm. every day now. I mean, the, on Monday I said they won on Saturday against the Hornets, 15-4, and four, match their winning total from 20 years ago. And then last night they win their 16-4 and four, and – they matched their win total from the 14-15 season, which was the first. That was the year that they traipsed out Zach Levine and Wiggins and Thad Young and Anthony Bennett at the State Fair, and they all looked just absolutely sad to be there. That's right. Uh, I think I was texting Horton last night. He was like, is your next one going to be the, the 2010 team or whatever that uh, went 17-65? and 65? Um, Yeah, it's probably going to be a reoccurring bit, so I apologize to the fans. But it's therapeutic to just every day cross off another embarrassing season. But yeah, to come back to the forty percent thing, if they if they continue to play defense like this, Phil, and if Rudy Gobert, who is, we talked on Monday, Rudy Gobert is just the MVP of the team now. It's not I don't even think debatable. Finch said last night he's playing his best basketball ever. He's now, ever Finch, seen. Yeah. Finch didn't coach him in Utah, but Finch is well aware. They have people on the staff, right? Like Dell Demps is in this front office. He was around Rudy back in Utah. Um, but just to keep on the stat porn. I have a bunch of random stats from all over the place. The Wolves won last night by eight points, 102-94. Rudy Gobert was plus 31. Yeah. That's impossible. That is, like, borderline and he, impossible. Dude, he was in foul trouble. He missed, like, most of the second quarter in foul trouble. When he went out midway through the second, that's when the Spurs got life. And I found myself again. I said this before about comparing Rudy Gobert to, like, mushrooms on a pizza. When Rudy Gobert didn't play last year, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's cook a little bit. When Rudy Gobert goes out, I panic. And I thought it was really cool at the end of the game. Obviously, he uh, 16 points, 20 rebounds, just phenomenal, perfect from the line, 7 or 8 from the field, had basically three putback, like dunk, dunk, weird chef layup that kind of knocked the Spurs out in the fourth quarter. How many neverminds? Uh, well, I was going to say, if anyone listened to the local broadcast, Michael Grady brought up neverminds at the 838 mark in the third quarter. Let's go, Grady. we might have developed our own stat. Grady. uh, That's my guy. 16 and 20, and then Finch subbed him out, and that was intentional as hell. Like, that was a sub the guy out, give him a standing ovation. And Target Center, to their credit, they have been A1. They gave them a standing ovation, and you know that the illness inside me has gotten stronger because I found I stood up on my couch like I just stood up and I was like I was clapping Rudy Gobert I'm the only one in the apartment and I was just like I'm so happy was your wife in there with you while you were standing on the couch she just tries to stay away man she like get as far away (laughs) go to hot yoga do whatever you got to do but uh yeah so 
plus 31 in a game that you win by eight, I, I just, you don't see that that often. Every, like, you know, Carl was minus 14. Mike Conley was plus nine. Um, shake. Yeah, shake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a really, really cool. But let me throw it back to you because I want to go back and forth with some more stats. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I want to keep just going on the Rudy front for a second here because you mentioned the plus thirty one. <clears throat> this was one of the most efficient games you'll find in the NBA all season. Now mm-hmm. the foul trouble. Okay, he got the three. Now he didn't commit a foul once. He his last foul was like with nine minutes left in the second quarter, and then he played the entire rest of the game and did not commit a foul. But he scored sixteen points on eight shots. <laughs> Dude, think about that. And he and he's not a three point shooter, mm-hmm. so he scored sixteen points on eight shots. He had he did uh, take one. Uh, I think it was one trip to the free throw line, or did he did yep. he complete he two, two and one two for two remember. from the free throw line? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so so sixteen points on eight shots, twenty rebounds in thirty minutes, couple of blocks, couple of assists, and then however many never minds he had, which I counted at least four or five. I do. I, are, I I do grab. Oh my god, I do grab this stupid little notebook. That says Thirsky on it. Shout out to Jake's Crafts. And I, I'm recording Neverminds now. Just like a tally. You're tracking them? How many times do I think? This is how PFF there? started, by the way. I'm pretty sure. Like It was like Sam Munson in his basement 15 years ago. I mean, like, okay, that's a pressure God, by that left so, guard. People that listen to this must think I am such a weirdo. But no, I'm tracking Neverminds. So shout out to Grady. I think we need to get that incorporated in all the stats. Four cup, factors cup. and then never mind. Right. The, yeah, we should. Let, let's get the, the production crew at Bally's. Can we at least, you know, you know once in a while, just at halftime, get an update? I think, too, some people in the YouTube comment section on Twitter suggested nopes. Yeah, that was that was good. I, again, I think the Nevermind, Nevermind is good because it's NVM, mm-hmm. like NVM in the box score. And uh, and it's just like I think the nope is a good one, too, because you're dribbling. And you're like, nope, nope, going this way. But the Nevermind to me is the. I, I still like Nevermind's NVM for short, just like BLK for blocks. I did. This is going to probably turn sideways on the on the screen. Let's see if I. I did try to look up what Nevermind was in French. Hey, you, want a, you want full screen here? I don't know. It's I don't for know, YouTube. Yeah, so Pas Grave. Uh, so that's probably not how you pronounce it. Our French listeners can correct me on that. But uh, that wasn't as catchy either. So we're going to go with Neverminds. Uh, it's a yeah. real stat now for us. And uh, Rudy Gobert is, as Grady said, leading the league in Neverminds. Um, but yeah, seven for eight. He, he just doesn't miss. I mean, the, he's just around the rim on both sides of the ball, uh, cleaning up stuff. There was that possession where Ant drives because he kind of got warmed up there in the fourth, missed it off the rim. Three guys, though, surround Ant because he has that much presence and aura, and he draws that attention, a la like a Steph does around the perimeter, and then Rudy's just there to clean it up. So he it's was phenomenal. Um, you got another one? You want me to go? No, I want to give you the rest of the number one defense stats here, okay. and then and I'll throw it back to you. So just on the season here, the Wolves, by a wide margin, are number one in net defensive rating. So it's a essentially a per 100 possessions number. They're allowing 106 points per 100 possessions. The Celtics are the next closest at 109. You got 109 Celtics. Rockets are 109.7. Magic, 109.9. It's very rare that you see a three-point gap. It's 20 games in, so it's mm-hmm. probably going to regress a little bit. But it's pretty rare that you see a three-point gap between the best defense and the second-best defense, but mm-hmm. here we are. Uh, in terms of other gaps, the Wolves are holding opponents to 42% from the field. The next closest is the Thunder at 43%. Thunder have a sneaky good defense. Uh, opposing teams are shooting just 33% from three, which is top three in the NBA. And um, boy, 
fouls. Like the Wolves are such a foul. They're still like top 10 foul happy team. And but to Carl's credit, he's actually reduced his like fouls yep. per per 36. But here's where if you finish the season ranked number one defense historically, I gave you the, the NBA finals. I gave you the playoffs. I'll give you the rest of them. 80. So we'll just go in order. 100 percent of number one defenses the last 30 years make the playoffs. 87 percent of number one defenses advance in the playoffs. They've only advanced in the playoffs once in franchise history, and it was 2004. 68% of number one defenses make the conference finals. 35% NBA finals, we told you that. But 23% of the number one defenses, one in four, win the whole thing. So, again, I'm driving the car way faster. You can't see the mile markers. <laughs> I, I totally understand it. But Slow but down. it is it is a fair statement to say that if you are the best defense in the NBA, just without any other context, you can win the championship. But if you start to add other context, if I start to take you down the path of, okay, let's dig deeper. Who were those NBA champions that had the best defense? The Warriors from two years ago. Tough to compare because you got, you know, Steph Curry might be one of the five greatest players of all time. But great lockdown defense and some offensive explosion. Mm -hmm. But the Wolves have some of that, too, with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. The 2015 Warriors also had the best defense. That was also one of yeah. the greatest offensive teams in NBA history. The 08 Celtics with Kevin Garnett as the mm -hmm. defensive anchor. But mm -hmm. then you had like great isolation scorer in Paul Pierce, historic three-point shooter in Ray Allen. The 2005 Spurs best defense won the championship. I think uh, David Robinson was done by then. So it was, it was Tim Duncan plus Manu and, and Tony Parker. Right. And then some various Lakers and Spurs teams from like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, the 96 Bulls. People might be asking about the Pistons in 04. They were the second best defensive net rating. But that oh, team like, had very little like high-end offense. They were just Ben Wallace and company just locking teams down. So, dude, so it's, it's interesting. The, so the only caveat, and this is uh, this is going to be a shameless plug, but my parents are going to be so proud of me. So I did a, I did a news interview today on WCCO. Well, I don't know what station that is, but locally. But I'm going to be on some news channel at 5, I think. Uh, with wearing a mustache that I felt really bad about <laughs> during the call. Um, but they were asked, he was asking, too, uh, just why should fans believe in this? Or, like, there's Timberwolves fans or Minnesota fans have so much scar tissue. Why should they believe in this? Why should they – they've been in a toxic relationship. Why should they find love again? And it's that, right? Uh, it's the fact that I still lean, even in 2023, that defense is just <laughs> – better and more sustainable than offenses like you can have cold shooting nights they didn't really last night you know they didn't play well they haven't really played well on offense in weeks i think and it doesn't matter because they just grind teams into dust they really do and then they i mean not to make a football analogy but there's that team that can really run the ball play good defense and like trent dilfer's their quarterback these last couple weeks they just oh, we'll make one throw here one throw there last night ant makes one big three carl has a three game over so mm -hmm. if they can unlock the offense i mean that goes back that's finch finch is the wizard uh if he can find ways to make this this is a this is a b i think they're like 11th in offensive rating this is like a b b plus offense right now if they ever unlock an a i mean the world is their oyster they're going to be able to do whatever they want because the defense they can bring that defense on the road at home neutral site whatever the defense continues to be like that that's what tells you that this is different than any other 
Timberwolves team in the last 34, 35 years. Yep. I think, you know, and let's talk about Ant for a second because I don't, I don't even know if he should have been playing last night. He was like limping around in the first, he, but he loves to, he plays through injury and he know he knows it's nationally televised and it's Wemby and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to just be sitting there. So he, if he's 75%, he's going to push his way into the game and Wolves culture, as crazy as it sounds, there is a Wolves culture now. It kind of allows those guys to make those decisions, and and they're they're opting in more often than they're opting out in those 50-50 situations. When you're watching them kind of hobble around, and, and Dane made the point on Twitter, when Ant used to have the back uh, the back end of a back to back problem yeah. where he just looks sluggish in the in the second game, that's kind of how he looked last night coming back from the hip, and he's like moving his leg around and wincing and stuff. So I don't know I don't know what percentage of health he's at. It's nowhere near a hundred percent. So on a night where he's not healthy. He can't knock down a shot. It was mostly his his two point shots that weren't falling. He couldn't get close enough, and he and he couldn't yeah. knock in those mid rangers. Mm-hmm. So he winds up four for seventeen. But still, he's playing clamps defense on some of those huge possessions. He winds up knocking down a big three toward the end. He winds up knocking down some big free throws. Go grab seven rebounds, six assists, play lockdown defense, uh, plus fourteen on the night, which was which was the second best plus minus on the team. I love that as he's growing. He's still going to have some of these clunker nights where he's yep. shooting 25 or 30%. Ideally, you'd like to get rid of those two, but it's not going to be hollow. He's not going to go out there and, and do the four for 17 thing with only one rebound, you know? Yep. Like he, he finds other ways to make an impact, and he was, he was great at that last night, I thought. It's Mackie here, and a shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples, even. So I am an allergy sufferer, and it's uh, it's rough sometimes with stuffy, runny nose. For me, it can be like dry, scratchy eyes, throat, even just feeling tired. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe Better. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief. Just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D or ask for Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. That's Claritin.com. Use as directed. Yeah, he led the team in assists with six. The next closest was Mike Conley with four. I I think it's easy, Phil, to criticize things you don't know or people you don't know or thing processes you don't understand. The wolf, if the wolves, if Ant played last night, which he did, like the wolves have a good medical team. I know we've made fun of them before the whole Josh Akogi cramping thing, and he was out for three months. But they have good people, and if they clear him, it is kind of part of the new culture. Like Finch is the type of guy that's like, hey man, if you're, I mean, I think Finch has been like a tough love dad on Ant when it comes to like injuries. Like, hey man, if you're gonna get on the court, then like, yeah, play and Ant to his credit, plays, and, you know, he'll limp around and stuff. He even said after the game, like, it wasn't that he was necessarily in pain or hurting, that he was just kind of nervous. He's like, I don't know if I want to fall again on that hip because it hurt hmm. really bad. So if he's out there, you know, you got to expect him to play to a level that we've seen. Uh, and, again, he 4 for 17 from the field. It wasn't a great night, but that is the evolution of this kid still at 22 than when he was 18. I'll just find other ways to make plays. I'll play defense. I'll just bring energy. He had that three in the corner when Troy Brown kind of hit him behind the back, um, and that kind of iced the game. So he was great. I thought Mike Conley was great again, 18 points. 
um, led the team in three-point attempts. Bench was good. Nas Reed. Nas Reed might have the best handle in the entire league. (laughs) Like, for a big guy, he just, uh, that in-and-out dribble, he had a couple crazy dunks. So, good performance all around other than Shake Milton, which is becoming a weird trend. But there's still drink, meat on the bone for this team, especially on the offensive end. But what they're doing on defense, how they're just like you always say, putting the clamps on people, uh, it's it's awesome stuff. You know who loves the Timberwolves? I don't know. You were, it sounds like you were watching the local broadcast, and I love those guys. But anytime there's an ESPN broadcast, sometimes I, I like to hear what – I can always hear Jim yep. Pete and Grady, and those yep. guys are the best. I want to hear what Hubie Brown has to say. Right? Mm-hmm. So Hubie Brown, that dude's 90 years old, man. And he is still – Elite. He's he is super great. sharp. Yeah. Yep. The the only thing with him, and I'm critiquing a 90 year old doing <laughs> mo- mostly excellent color commentary. He's the second non home, like not counting oh, the, the yeah, Timberwolves guys, who's referred to Carl Anthony Towns this season as Anthony Towns throughout the yeah. entire game. Yeah. As and I will say, as a former <laughs> blogger, I used to have that hyphen in the wrong spot, so I get the mistake. Uh, but yeah, let's if we could, and you they do prep and stuff too, whether it be a national game, whatever, like. I know they were told and given a play sheet like here's Carl Anthony Towns. So the Anthony Towns stuff is is a nuisance. And it just as much as I've championed, not championed, complained that this team doesn't get enough uh, national TV games. I think the Spurs still have 16 more, which is oh, tough. It's like the, dude, this is like when the the NFL put the Jets and the Broncos in like yeah. 13 nationally televised games. The, yeah. the Jets in particular. Patri- Patriots, Steelers, Thursday Night Football. I hope you have Amazon Prime. Uh, so the Wolves don't get as many national TV games as, as we would like. I'm dumbfounded that they don't play on Christmas. This is another side tangent. But there is about 42 different marketing campaigns you could have done with Anta Claus and Rudy with a red nose. and Anta Claus. Um, the <laughs> Naughty and Nice list with Naughty and Nas. There's a ton of stuff that I've been coming up with my mental broken brain but uh it's just great to listen to grady and jim i, I listened to the espn broadcast last night too because that's how you got to do it in the moment but then i re-listened to it today with jim and grady and it's just great the they, the passion the energy listen to alan call it on the radio too uh it's but at least hubie had it mostly down last night and when he sees pure like really good basketball defense he just can't stop but salivating and you can hear it through the call he's like this it's is great Rudy Gobert, I've never seen him play like this. And it's he's right. Amazing. It's the best version of him. You mentioned that the 16 wins for the Timberwolves, we, we did this when they hit the 15-win mark. Now they've <laughs> hit the 16-win mark. Doing this. Yeah, there's a 17-win team, too, from like 2010 that we can yep. talk about. So they hit the 16-win mark, which ties the 16-66 and 66 Wolves from 2014-15. And I'm going to put you on the spot right now. There were 19 players on that roster who started at least one game. How many of those 19 can you name? This is part of our exercising wolves, demons, and putting the past to bed celebration here. Wait, so what team was this? This is the 2014-15 Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, so I think that's the one. Let's do some research here. Is that the one I tweeted about? Okay. Yeah, so I tweeted out a photo. It was Anthony Bennett. Yeah, you got a few of those guys. Are you going to keep track? I'm just going to tally. Okay, just tally. So Anthony Bennett. Andrew Wiggins. uh, Anthony Bennett did not start a game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He started three. You're right. My bad. Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. Yep. Uh, Zach Levine. Yep. Thad Young. I'm going to give you dingers. Uh, Costa Kufis. Costa Kufis. I think he was was before this. That might have been the next next year. Because the next year, I believe, is when they drafted Carl. 
Um, yep. This 14-15 yep. season is kind of how yep. they led to getting the number one pick. Um, oh, now I'm going to panic. Uh, <laughs> we got all the time in the world. Alpekovic was on that team. Yeah, he started 29 games. Uh, Rubio was probably on that team. Yeah, he started uh, in my, one of the many years where he was he was hurt. He only played 22 games. Was Luke, R- Luke Ridnow on that team? Mm, this is a little past the Luke Ridnow. Okay. Uh, R.I.P. to Luke's career, not the person. Um, oh, man. I don't remember. Was Ramon Sessions still on this team at that time? I might Let's be drawing blanks now. But Kevin Martin man. was probably there, right? Kevin Ma- Kevin Martin's on the team. Kevin Martin. I don't know who. Uh, I don't know no who was sessions. on the wing. Like, oh, I don't man. know. I don't know. Some glorious names. There's. I'm trying to see how many more are like. Well, there's. Like, <clears throat> I will say this. You're. Oh man. I'll start giving you hints here. Uh, there's a there's a Hall of Famer you haven't mentioned, and two guys who scored 50 points in Wolves uniforms that you haven't mentioned. Uh, Mo Williams. Okay, Mo Williams' fifty-point game for the Timberwolves has to be like a top ten Timberwolves moment of all time, just because it's the most random thing ever. Like you'll bring it up when on your it deathbed is. as a trivia, and you're like, "What? Mo Williams? Um, who? Yeah, I, that that wasn't the Hall of Famer. Uh, There's oh. a Hall. There, uh, go ahead. Uh, you got it. You got so it. Shabazz Muhammad was still on the team. Um, you got nine. You're up to nine. If, if Corey Brewer was on the team, I don't know who the Hall of Famer would be. Well, I mean, okay. Was that, are you saying Kevin Garnett? Second ah, stint. That's it. That's all. I'm out. I'm guessing. He played, the, he played the five games. You got to 10 there. Okay. The rest of them, Adrian Payne, actually RIP. Adrian oh, yeah, Payne, yeah. right? Uh, Justin Hamilton, oh, Lorenzo God. Brown started seven games. Okay. Chase Budinger started four. Robbie Hummel started for. We should get Robbie Hummel on the show. We he should does get like, Robbie Hummel. He does like college basketball yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'll put outside in his DMs. Uh, Gary Neal started a game. I didn't say this name, but now they're refer- Gorgie Jang was. Gorgie on Jang the team. started forty nine games. He was there. Yeah. He was there last he was night. There last night, yeah, he was a. I did not know that he was. I believe a free agent. Correct me in the YouTube comments if I'm wrong, but I don't think he signed with the team, which is kind of weird because he has a little juice left, but uh. Yeah, they listed him last night on the Jumbotron as um, Minnesota Timberwolves alum. And he is, what he did in the community, I don't know if a lot of people know, but, like, just he is great. What he's done for his back in, like, Africa and stuff, he just has put so much money into, like, improving things. I don't know, he's one of the best guys. So having having him around is just another feather in the cap. But, uh, yeah, that 14-15 team was... There's one more guy, too, that started one game that just, it feels like a randomly generated create-a-player on... NBA 2K. Arinze Anuwaku. Okay, I gotta look He's a six now. foot nine center and power forward who went to Syracuse. Hmm. And he, he played 19 games in the NBA, six with the Timberwolves with one start. So, so. he's probably in the top 100 list for the Timberwolves. He's close. Point. He's you close. You played one game, you got the keys. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. So, can I, can I tell you, like, can I give you my, my favorite stat? And this is just new. And this is the flagrant howls like perfect stat but the wolves play the grizzlies on friday i'm actually a little concerned the grizzlies have kind of figured out a little bit they can, they've won the we said going in you got four games against bad teams good point go three and one yep um they can punt that game for all i care at this now, the schedule gets really tough after so so okay now i have two stats one they play the grizzlies on friday uh 
quick plug, Dane Moore and I are going to go live on YouTube after that. So if you want to come watch us, we'll just record live after that. It'll be fun. But after the Grizzlies game, the Wolves play 16 straight games against teams at or above 500. That is brutal. Like the worst quote-unquote team on the schedule is the Houston Rockets, and they're like 9-9. Yeah. Nine and nine. Uh, But yeah, 3-1, 4-0 over this stretch would be great. It does get really difficult, so we're going to start grinding here soon. But coming into this year, I remember this for the last six years since I covered the team. One of the things you associated the Minnesota Timberwolves with was that they had, Phil, the lowest all-time winning percentage of the major professional sports in North America. They were dead last. I don't know how much, how many teams that is, 120-some. Uh, they came into this season with a 40.23 winning percentage. That is dead last and trailed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were second to dead last, with 40.32. Wow. Wow. After starting the season 16-4 and four, and factoring in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers record, the Minnesota Timberwolves now have a 40.52% all-time winning percentage and are no longer the worst team ever. Let's go. Let's go. Right now. Come on. That's right. Get the that's flags, that, everybody. That's banner worthy. Hang the banner. That's <laughs> oh, backwards. Sorry. <laughs> the wolves are back. Take that, Tampa. So they and, and okay. Are they is there no looking back now? I mean, Tampa Bay in the next couple years isn't gonna be they're gonna be probably drafting a quarterback, right? If the Wolves yeah, I mean, can just kind of accelerate these next couple of years, I, spent, I don't think there's any looking back. I now. spent a lot of time on the clock today trying to find this stat and do some numbers. So I don't know what the entire <laughs> list is. If someone has that, please send it to me on Twitter. I don't know what the updated one is, but uh but yeah, going sixteen and four has upped their overall I think they're now 1,107 wins, 1,625 losses, but mm. they bumped up damn near a half percent. So if they could win 50 games, maybe 60, if you want to get weird, uh, they could probably boost that thing over to 41%. So a 50% winning percentage uh, is not that far away. It might be 2029 at this rate, but we're making progress. Stock up. Here's another. Okay. You brought up the schedule. Let's talk about this for a second. And we, we will get to a it's random brutal. wolf of the week. So... Okay, unless you want to fight me on this, I don't think they're going to play. So right now, I'm just doing a little. We're kind of. This is a stat porn episode here. Carry the two little number crunch. So right now they're playing. What's sixteen? They're they're, they've won what eighty percent of their games, right? Eight hundred percent. So times eighty two. So right now they're playing at a sixty six win pace. I don't I don't think they're going to keep up a sixty six win pace. Schedule picks up, right? Here's what I think. You tell me if I'm. If I'm setting the bar too low, go beat Memphis. Just despite what I just said, go beat Memphis on Friday night. All right, be, just get get to seventeen and four. In the following sixteen games, which you mentioned, are all against five hundred teams or better, and it's not like fluke teams either. I mean, it's you got two games against LeBron and AD. Now, there's going to be some of these where you probably you don't get a team's best player or there's an injury, but. You got the Pacers in here. You got a road game against Philadelphia, Miami. You got, I mean, dude, Dallas is coming up a week from today. And then you get Dallas again. Actually, you get Dallas three times during this stretch. Mm -hmm. Luca last night, I don't know if you saw this, at halftime, dude, halftime had Uh 29, 10, and 10. (laughs) Only only nine NBA players played defense last night in the association, and they all played for Minnesota. They did. Well, eight of them and Shake Milton. But I don't want to dump on Shake. (laughs) 
So if they were if they beat Memphis and they let's say they they level out in those 16 following games mm-hmm. and they go eight and eight. Mm-hmm. If my math is right, they're going to be 25 and 12 after they, those 16 games, which would take you to January 10th. Yeah, if they beat Memphis and then, yep, yep, yep. They'd be 25 and 12. And that would be a 55 win pace if they can, if they can just, just play 500 basketball across those 16 games. Mm-hmm. Dude, even if you play, let's say you go seven and nine and you're 24 and 13, I guess. Would be your record. You're still playing at a 50 plus win pace. So I, I guess, A, am I lowering the bar too much by saying, hey, just play 500 basketball between now and January 10th? And and B, if they were to continue playing at a 55 win pace from now until the end, I mean, I think that's a fair expectation, I guess, is my point. Yeah. yeah and not only after this Memphis game, which is on the road, is it 16 straight against what I would deem playoff teams? at or above 500, 11 of them are on the road. Like their schedule from basically Saturday morning until they host the Blazers on January 12th, it's brutal. And it does get easier. Like then it's like Portland, Pistons, Pistons, Hornets, Spurs, Nets. Uh, they have a pretty friendly stretch of home games like in March. They finish, I think, with four, three or four at home to end the season. So it's not lowering the bar because I'm still very much in the in the mindset of this. Like the NBA is always a marathon. It's been more fun this season to Adam Silver's credit because of the in-season tournament and the Wolves having their best start in franchise history. But it's still going to get sludgy. It's going to get even colder and you're going to have a couple injuries or guys wear down. So I would say the Memphis thing, we gave them a three and one out during this four game stretch. I would say Memphis, there's no reason to lose to Memphis. Yes, they've gotten a little better. They're getting a little excited because John Morant's coming back. He won't be there on Friday. You win that game, and then, yeah, just buckle down and go 8-8 eight and eight over the next 16. And 24-12, and 12, I mean, I would be shocked. No real way to figure this out, Phil, but I would be shocked at 24-12 and 12 if that's still not maybe the best team in the West. Like, you would go 8-8 eight and eight over a 16-game stretch, and you're still first place in the West. So, yeah, uh, it's a big game on Friday for sure because – simply because after that, it's going to be a gauntlet of teams. If you think about it, too, let's just do some more math. So if you get to, let's say you get to 20, 25 and 12, mm-hmm. you, you play 500 there. The Nuggets would have to go 11 and 4 mm-hmm. to tie you. The Lakers would have to go 12 and 3 over mm-hmm. that stretch to tie you. Uh, the Thunder would have to go twelve and five. So again, you you, you could—it's kind of amazing. You could play five hundred-ish basketball, and these other teams for a month, and these other teams would have to be red hot to catch you because. And this is, I guess, this is the other point. Let's make the Wolves oftentimes just start slow or are five, like even the two thousand three oh four team, the best team in franchise history. They were like nine and nine after their first eighteen games or something. So they didn't have the leeway to like run into a bad stretch in January or February. They had to then, okay, it's time to go if we're going to get to 50 wins. The Wolves, by starting this hot, have given themselves a little grace period to weather injuries. to we- And they're doing it, too, without their best perimeter defender, yep. Jade McDaniels. So just building in that cushion is a big deal in an NBA season where if a guy twists an ankle, if a guy, shockingly, I know, you know, strains a calf or something, you know, you've built it into your win-loss record here for the next few months. 
Yeah, and this is a shout out to my uh, AP psych class back at Red River High School. But I remember learning about Pavlov's dog, like classical conditioning, and just there was like they gave the dog a, a treat or whatever. Um, shows you how much I listened. But I remembered the concept of it, and that's like what the wolves are. I don't I don't mean to dumb it down, but Ant said this the other night, just on the road. He's like, now that we know what winning feels like, like we've never really won before. He's like, I didn't. We didn't win my first three years. Here we made the playoffs. We didn't win. He's like, now that we know what winning feels like and what the bus ride's like and the plane ride and all stuff, we just don't want to lose. We want to keep winning. Uh, and I think that's really cool for the Wolves is that I actually, as a sicko, am, I'm look, I don't want them to lose to the Grizzlies, Phil, but I want them to lose to a good team and be like, okay, that sucks. We hate the feeling. Mm-hmm. And it bit us in the rear end again that we once again played really poorly on offense. So I don't want them to peak in December. I don't want them to get too big of heads. I think Finch... Who, by the way, I know we're 35 minutes into this, but uh, Chris Finch, coach of the month. Who would have thought after everyone fired him after Finchie. the Atlanta Hawks game? Finchie. First hey. coach in NBA history Finchie. to win the coach of the month award while also being fired. Impressive <laughs> stuff. Uh, but yeah, I want to see Fire them, you know, ass. I want to see them get matched up against a really good team. Have that team be like, because this happens all the time when a big team comes to town, like we're going to extra film, extra prep, extra strategy. I want to see teams circle the wolves on their calendar and get their best shot because the one thing to go back to the finals thing or can this team win it all grandma Rita is that they don't have a lot of experience in high leverage situations and high pressure moments. They have some vets, but Rudy Gobert was never really relied on in high pressure moments. He was just playing defense. Mike Conley is a little older. Kyle Anderson's not going to be the guy taking final shots. So can Ant, can Carl, can Jaden, can Nas, can they step up in big moments, hit big shots like they've done so far this season against the best of the best and it remains yeah. to be seen what are the I, i'll throw this out too before we get to our random wolf here in terms of like things to keep an eye on not things that are like keeping you up at night but things that you might be besides injuries that you might be a little nervous about i mean the the backup point guard or ball handler situation behind conley you thought shake milton was going to be better than he's been i think jordan, jordan mclaughlin when healthy we saw in the first couple months of yeah. last year how many times did our wolves stat porn revolve around boy Jordan McLaughlin doesn't look like he's having a huge impact on the game, but he's a great organizer. So I think if you can get healthy Jordan McLaughlin minutes at some point and he's back five on five practice, that's going to be helpful. But I wonder who the third scorer on this team is. You know, I think that's been one of the issues when when Anthony Edwards is out, you know, Cat missed 50 games last year. You know, there's games where Cat gets into foul trouble and he's got to sit for, you know, 20 minutes who is the third guy? Sometimes it's Nas. Mm-hmm. I think it's I Mike. think Shake is supposed to be maybe filling that category. Sometimes, sometimes it's Mike. But does there need to be a more defined third offensive option here at some point? I've been I've been wondering that too. Would that Would that be ideal? Like, would it be ideal that you know your third go to score if Ants off or Carl's in foul trouble is blank? But I also wonder if it's just harder to scheme against if you don't know from the opponent's side. Like, oh my God, it could be. That six foot ten kid that was undrafted from LSU. It could be Nikhil. It could be thirty six year old Mike Conley. Uh, could be Kyle's little floater in the lane. Could yeah, it be... could be Kyle. And- I mean, Kyle Anderson had one of the slowest posters of all time last night. It was amazing in transition. <laughs> I I don't know, and it goes back to what I said about being a B minus or a B level offense right now. They they have holes. They don't have a backup point guard, and Kyle has filled that role wonderfully. But they need a little extra juice in there from Jordan McLaughlin as we've kind of learned that they're not, they're just never going to lean into the Wendell Moores, 
Josh Minot, Leonard Miller. Those guys are probably another year away. Um, but yeah, Shake Milton has just not. And the thing that sucks about Shake, because I see him kind of get killed every night on, on Twitter in the comments, is that from my couch, it just seems all psychological. It doesn't really seem physical. It doesn't look like he's lost a step or lost a burst. But when it leaves his hands, when he dribbles, he just kind of looks like he's shaky. So uh, no pun intended. So he might be the guy that you got to upgrade. But this team yeah. still lacks scoring punch off the bench. Because, yes, Nas Reed was great last night. Honk if you love Nas Reed. But he'll give you an eight-point stinker, too. So who is that consistent scorer that you can rely on to get you six, eight points in, in, a, in a hot spot? Nikhil did it once or twice this year. But... Who's going to be the most consistent guy to step up? Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, Jane McDaniels has, in terms of like who has something in their offensive bag that it feels like is untapped. Mm-hmm. I think at some point he becomes a 17, 18 points per game guy. He, he definitely has more in the offensive bag. So something to keep an eye on. Or maybe it is better when you never know. It's smoke and mirrors, man. Any night could be Troy Brown Jr. from the corner six times. And good but luck. I, I said, my dad did ask me this. And then we can go into random over the week. He's just, He's just like, what if, what if they were just four and sixteen? Like how, how this would all suck. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my of god, course. again. What? Why are you guys talking about that? Right. So it's like, what would we be doing? What would we be talking about? So, uh, yeah. It'd be, well, I mean, at that point, we'd be, we'd be every show would well, be Carl Anthony Towns. People. Yeah. Yeah. Every well, I mean, I think <laughs> I think if that ha- I think Chris Finch actually would have been fired if they would have started <laughs> yeah, yeah. four and sixteen. And cat then the cat trade rumor train would be would be out the gate, or maybe the Gobert. And then, like, Anthony Edwards, there'd be rumors about getting him out of town, not mm-hmm. from, like, Minnesota media and fans. But, yeah, but it's a good thing just they're happy, not 4 and Happy 16. to be where we're at, 16 <laughs> and 4. Uh, just can't stop smiling. Let's get our guy in here, Producer Ross, coming in, loaded also, with a random wolf of the week for us. Also, I'm Ross. If people don't know, Ross is the best in the business at producing, and he will be messaging Phil and I nice. while we're talking. And Ross gave me about nine different things on Pavlov's dog. And was basically a, a AP cycle. Pavlov, yeah, Pavlov rang a bell shortly before feeding the dogs to get a response from the pups. Yeah, we that's are what Finch. A- that's what Finch does. He just rings a bell and he gets his little pups to perform. Play defense. Play defense. <laughs> we are AP psych buds, Kyle. I, <laughs> I knew it. I liked you. I knew I liked you. Shout out to Miss Ines at the Lakeville High School. Wow. Ooh. Wait, boys was this before here? there was a Lakeville North and a Lakeville South? I am so old. This is before there was a North and a South. Okay. Wow, you're 26. I believe Miss Inus retired, by the way. So congrats on the retirement, Ms. too. Miss Inus, go get him. So, so right now, gentlemen, we have Kyle leading three to nothing in Random Wolf of the Week. But do you want to set the table, Phil, since you probably yeah, I mean, no, I mean, if you can, right? If you feel good, set the table going. I'll set it now, and then you can set it going forward for all the Wonderful. So... Yeah, random wolf of the week. Ross brings clues. Mm-hmm. We can shout out answers whenever we think we know the random wolf of the week. If one of us hits a third strike, the other person wins automatically. So you got you to be strategic with your aggression. Uh, Kyle has three victories. I have none so far. So I'm still in search of my first random wolf of the week. Ross, the floor is yours. No we'll Googling. see how it goes today, gentlemen. This wolf of the week was born in 1985. So start doing the math in your okay. head. Okay. This wolf of the week, significantly born in older than I am. Eighty-five. <laughs> exactly the age of me. <laughs> no, actually. no, take that back. Cut that. I'm not thirty. Clue yet. number two, boys. This wolf of the week was once graded as, believe it or not, the number one fifth grade basketball player in the nation. 
<laughs> okay. This wolf of the week. Hold on, hold on. Slow it down a pace. Slow it down a pace. Okay. I just want to let that sit for a second. Give the lights. Dim the lights. All right. This wolf of the week, Mr. Mackey, no longer a Minnesota Timberwolf. Okay. Okay. This wolf of the week played guard in the National Basketball Association. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. And if you're wondering, this wolf of the week is no longer in the National Basketball Association. Okay. Okay. That's. I mean, that'd be pretty pretty old. Although I say that, and there's a 38, 39 year old guy and, that's playing 38 minutes a night and scoring 26 a game. And you and I, Phil, are both in that same age group, so you'd be disparaging us at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I play at a very high level still on the microphone at age 38. 100% you do. 100% you do. This Wolf of the Week played for eight NBA teams, the last of which was the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2014. Oh, wow. So he's been... It's been gone for mm, quite some time. 2014. I almost had a guess, but it was wrong, so I'm glad I didn't. Me too. I had one there too, this, but I. It's he's not that old. This is where I think the guesses are going to start coming. Here we are, turning the corner. This wolf of the week did not play college basketball. I'll follow that <laughs> up with this wolf of the week was drafted 13th overall in the 2004 NBA draft. Oh, my God. These these are ones where, like, I wish I knew my drafts a little better, but Kyle's going to get it now. 13th overall. Kyle's really thinking about this one. I can see it. Does your head hurt from all the thinking, Kyle? I can no, see it. No, because I have two. There's the, the He's a guard, so we have that. I think I have a guess, but, I, Ross, these are really good clues so give me one more but i might blur and the out. wolves did, did the wolf is this the time where the wolves didn't they didn't have a no they drafted in i guess they drafted indy eb around this time so they, they got they started to get they got their picks back a little bit they did have some first but they traded they traded this pick in the to get cassell because i don't Ross, think either got to give me another clue or else i'm gonna guess because phil's getting <laughs> this, way too close to me <laughs> this wolf of the week war number three for the mm. minnesota brandon roy sebastian telfair bingo Damn it. Ah, that's a good one. Phil is incorrect. Kyle is did correct. Not, did not go. Did not go to college. Um, remember the number three. The, the yeah, it was the guard. It was the thunder year, and it was the not going to college part. I also he was a Sebastian Telfair. Go look him up. Was like a historically cool press prospect coming out. Didn't know he was a great fifth grader. Thought maybe he was a great like eleventh grader. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but he was. Yeah, he was definitely. He was highly, highly tough. Do you want some of the other fun clues yes. since we'll yes. never use sea bass yes. again? Uh, well, Kyle, I was thinking this might be the one that you would get since you're so up on NBA and, and legal issues. In March of 2023, this wolf of the week pled guilty. I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't. To submitting false claims to defraud the NBA's player health and welfare benefit plan. Yeah, I think I would have gotten that, Ross. You're, uh, not a smart idea. There's a couple other big names on that situation that, uh, yeah. Dude, he was one of the worst shooting guards. He could he he could distribute a little bit, if I recall. Yeah, but like shorter, dude couldn't shorter, hit them. undersized. But yeah. people thought he might have been like kind of a next Chris Paul type thing. But uh, 
He was fun. He was fun for sure. It was Other exciting clues. when the Wolves landed him because it was you thought, oh man, this now he's going to reach his potential as you know one of the bright young stars. But he just yep. yeah, he they're going to let him figure it out on this bad team. Turns out. He also wasn't so great. Yeah. Uh, some other yeah. clues that you uh, may have hopped in on this Wolf of the Week was once on the cover of Slam Magazine yep. with LeBron. Wow. Maybe what you were referencing, Kyle. Wolf of the Week, born in Brooklyn, New York. This Wolf of the Week was included in the Kevin Garnett trade. Oh, man. And oh, also, and I think you guys both know this, this Wolf of the Week's cousin is former Minnesota Timberwolf, Stefan Marbury. Yeah. Yep. So that also, trade, just uh, just for legal purposes, uh, I keep saying Sebastian Telfair was awesome. Uh, a quick Google search: <laughs> What happened to Sebastian Telfair from the Brooklyn Daily Eagle on November twenty seventh of twenty twenty three? Telfair, a Brooklyn native and former basketball phenom, was arrested in twenty seventeen after a traffic stop where police discovered multiple firearms in his vehicle. He served three and a half years in prison. Uh, he was in jail for three years. Oh, I missed that part. Look at what? Him. Oh, he was convicted and sentenced to three years and three and a half years. We'll have to get. Stats and research on if he actually served those times, but a uh, good basketball player. I'll leave Amazing. it at that. That Phil, trade, we, by the way, was uh, it was Telfair Gomes, Gerald Green, Big Al, and then Theo Ratliff's contract for for Kevin Garnett, and then they selected what? they selected Johnny Flynn with the actually they got two first round picks, first one round Johnny picks. Flynn, the other one they selected Wayne Ellington. So which is which is why to bring it all full circle, the Rudy Gobert trade. Cannot be the worst trade in NBA history because this team the KG has had even worse trades. Yeah, just this <laughs> team, KG not all the other teams. Exists. This team has made worse, dumber, mind-boggling trades. Yes, now, good stuff, Ross. Just because I like to play fair, Phil. In your opinion, is Kyle just too good for you, or are my questions worded more towards Kyle? Uh, no, because no, you're, you're doing. You you're, guys are doing. You're skunked, my man. You're skunked. I'm aware. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> No. I'm aware. <laughs> I uh, no, I'm right now. I'm I'm tied with Judd in the in the Viking of the week, the random Viking okay. of the week. Since we started doing, I used to give out the clues every week. So Judd like built up a year long uh, all time lead. I think Kyle is just better at this game than I am right now. But I vow to get better. Okay, in, I'm, in, I will get Phil, some wins as in well. In Phil's defense, Phil has to be like on top of all the teams, right? Like if you did the Vikings left guard of the week this week, I probably wouldn't know. That's why <laughs> Phil doesn't let me go over to the Score North Purple Daily Show. He, I just I stay in my lane. I, I have I, a role. I am Troy Brown Jr. of this podcast. I just get the random wolf of the week, make a couple jokes, <laughs> and keep moving. In credit, in credit to Kyle, before I make myself disappear, what blows my mind about Kyle is I think three of the four times – he has nailed this before. In my mind, I've gotten to the clues that make it a tiny bit more yeah. obvious. That's what makes Kyle great like, at this game. He's digging <laughs> really deep on some That's of these clues. That's what makes me so unique. <laughs> I'm going to so be reading a lot ways. of Wolves historical media guides in the next couple weeks here to try and brush up on my. I want to. I want to be able to when you say because uh, you give these clues that if you know your drafts really well, yeah, that you should be able to hit some of these. So. It's good you stuff know, there. Maybe you need to go to uh, NBA.com or YouTube or NBA TV and just watch every draft in the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> era from nineteen eighty nine. That sounds like and what you and would do if you were convicted. put needles in my eyes. That's, yeah. yeah, that would happen if you were convicted and sentenced to three and a half years of prison. You That's could either go three and a half years in prison or watch every Wolves draft from uh, the year no, after they drafted I'll KG. The I'll Same take the thing, prison. different food. So congrats to Kyle on a well-fought victory. Random Wolf of the Week. If you guys could, you can help us keep growing this thing. Uh, and you can help donate to Kyle's notebook fund as he takes <laughs> notes on what the loser. Neverminds. 
Wonderful Rudy Gobert's Nevermind. Uh, go to Apple or Spotify and give us a five-star rating and a positive review, Flagrant Howls, and click the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel. You can also find Kyle as part of Dane Moore's NBA podcast on all those same platforms. So, all right, Kyle, we'll talk. Uh, I think you and I will do it again uh, next week a couple of times here. Appreciate we'll it. Thank you, sir. As we dive into the harder part of the Wolves schedule. This is Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.